I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more know, doors. The show is called The Deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. It's time to play like a jet with your host, Scott Mason. Play like a jet. What does that mean? Drops the throw, steps up, floats a bomb up the right seam, looking for Anderson. He's got it. They're not going to catch him. He's going to go the distance. Touchdown. Sam Darnold dials it up to Robbie Anderson. 92 yards. Bell into the middle of that line. And it's a touchdown. Big return for Crowder. 85 yards. Pass thrown. There was contact with the quarterback, and it's incomplete. They got pressure on Prescott. It was Adams who came blitzing in. He'll hit immediately. He got the handoff. You know that's <laughs> the Q-inator. Oh, my gosh. Listen, thank you. From the TOJ Digital Studios, this is Play Like a Jet. My name is Scott Mason. You can follow me on Twitter, at PlayLikeAJet1. And this is the Jets-Giants postgame report. A reason to celebrate as the Jets win this one at MetLife Stadium 34-27. So to talk about this, as usual, we have the great beat reporter from NJ.com and New Jersey Advanced Media, Mr. Matt Stiplikoski. Matt, finally, a reason to smile for Jets fans. Yeah, a little uh, rare positivity in this Jets season. So, uh, you know, so a, a happy Sunday night for a change. What's going on, Scott? What's going on is I am glad that I didn't leave MetLife Stadium once again angry and freezing. It was an omen early on to me that the weather wasn't that bad. It wasn't super windy. It was a little chilly, but it wasn't any type of really bad winter temperature yet. I'm sure we're headed for that soon, but let's enjoy what we got while we got it. And let's also enjoy the play of Sam Darnold, who really bounced back today. The most encouraging thing to me, Matt, was the fact that he was moving well in the pocket. He made some great throws on the run, but most importantly, the mistakes were cut out. We didn't see a lot of dangerous throws. We didn't see the things that we saw the last couple of weeks that made us gasp and think that he might be heading backwards. This looked a lot more like the Sam Darnold that we saw at the end of last season than the Sam Darnold we saw the last three weeks. 
granted in the first half, other than the first two drives, he was playing very Alex Smithian. If that's a term, if it isn't, I'm making it up right now. But in the second half, down the stretch, he really stepped up and made some nice throws on the run. There was the throw to Wesco, for example. There were a couple of throws to Jamison Crowder. So I thought Darnold looked really good. If you look at his stat line, he threw for 230 yards, so it wasn't eye-popping or anything like that. But this was a very nice showing. 34 points, 27 of which came from the offense. A nice step forward for Sam Darnold after three weeks in a row that seemed like a step backward. Yep, for sure. And you mentioned the the stat line there, and that's what to start to, uh, you know, I was going to make the same point that it's not, uh, you know, a mind-blowing stat line by any stretch of the imagination. 19 for 30, one touchdown, 230 yards. Uh, you know, it, it might not be the kind of stat line that jumps out at people, but he certainly passed the eye test against the Giants for sure. Like you said, he was moving around in the pocket well, uh, some good throws on the run. He was relatively accurate, but more than anything, it was just the decision-making was way, way better. You know, he knew when he got had to get rid of the ball. He knew when to just kind of eat it. Uh, you know, he wasn't forcing balls in to bad situations. And so, you know, he, he avoids turnovers for the first time since week one, which obviously is a massive positive and, you know, helped the Jets tremendously today in what wound up being a pretty close game. So, uh, you know, those mistakes that have been killing Sam Darnold of late, uh, and seemed to pop up with him from time to time. He, he managed to cut those out on Sunday, and that went a, a very, very long way for the Jets. On the other side of the ball, just as we said that the box score doesn't show everything with Sam Darnold, I would say the box score doesn't show everything with Daniel Jones either, but in the reverse way. If you were to look at Daniel Jones' box score, you would say he had no interceptions, he had four touchdown passes, and he threw for over 300 yards. But if you watch the game, and if you look at the tape, what you'll see is a guy who really should have been charged with four fumbles. We'll get to what would have been the fourth one in a little bit. He lost Lost one that turned into seven points. Jamal Adams stripped him and ran it back in. Most of the best passes that he threw were to wide open receivers and busted coverages, which we're going to talk about as well, Matt. And a lot of the productivity of the Giants passing game was based on yards after the catch. I'm not saying this is the worst performance I've ever seen, but I wasn't impressed by Daniel Jones at all today, to be honest with you. Yeah, I mean, I thought he had a decent enough day throwing the ball. You know, he was, uh, you know, fine in that regard and, you know, was, was relatively accurate throwing the ball and four touchdowns is nothing to sneeze at. But, yeah, when you take into account kind of the whole picture and you look at everything, including those fumbles, it obviously starts to look a lot less good. Uh, you know, losing a fumble that goes for seven, uh, putting another two on the ground or, or maybe three, depending on how you're willing to look at it. I mean, just pretty uh, – pretty suspect from Daniel Jones, not that that's anything new. You know, fumbles have obviously been a huge issue for him this year, and uh, the Giants have a lot of work cut out for them trying to clean that up. But, uh, yeah, you're right. The, the box score for both of these quarterbacks probably did not come close to telling the, uh, the full picture, uh, and like you said, in, in opposite ways. Let's talk about the secondary. Now, to be fair, Tremaine Johnson and Daryl Roberts were out. Tremaine Johnson's out for the year. Daryl Roberts, we don't know exactly when he's coming back. Also, to be fair, both of those two players are terrible, 
So it's hard to imagine that it would be much of a downgrade to go to Arthur Millette and Nate Hairston. Unfortunately, Nate Hairston, who I like, who started the season fairly strong, really regressed last week against Miami, got lit up again today against the Giants. He ended up getting replaced by Blessing Austin, the sixth-round pick out of Rutgers, who didn't play much the last two years, was on IR, had two ACL surgeries. And by the way, Dr. Stoller texted me to say that he thought that it was a very good sign that Blessing Austin didn't seem to be favoring either of the two knees after the two ACL surgeries. He says that's very promising. And Austin, I thought, actually looked fairly good for a guy under the circumstances that I just described. Barely played the last two years, two ACL surgeries, wasn't able to go at all leading up to the season and then was on IR. So maybe the Jets have found something if he can stay on the field. Of course, that's the whole reason that he slipped to the sixth round is that a lot of people don't believe he can stay on the field. But still, this secondary has a lot of problems with coverage with the cornerbacks and also with Greg Williams getting himself caught in bad mismatches. We saw several times where linebackers were lined up one-on-one with a tight end or with Saquon Barkley. I know that in some instances, it's tough for Greg Williams because of the injuries, but whenever you have Saquon Barkley one-on-one with Brandon Copeland, you might as well just give the Giants an automatic first down. Are you saying you don't like that matchup, Scott? <laughs> yeah, it didn't exactly seem to work out too well for the Giant, uh, for the Jets rather on a few occasions there. Yeah, uh, the the Copeland or Burgess matchups against tight ends and running backs has not been working well for the Jets. And uh, Greg Williams could probably stand to use either Marcus May or Jamal Adams to cover some of those players a little bit more often. But uh, you know. By the same token, if you throw those guys into coverage, then you lose them in other areas where I'm sure Greg Williams would like to use them too. So uh, he has kind of got his hands tied a bit based on all those linebacker injuries. And, uh, you know, the secondary, like you said, has been brutally banged up. And Nate Harrison looked horrible today. But uh, on the bright side, like you said, bless Austin, had himself a pretty nice day. And, uh, you know, the, the circumstances he came in under are pretty remarkable. He hadn't played a game in 14 months, and that game was his first game in a year. Uh, so he played four games in 2017, tore his ACL. Uh, so he was playing up until about October of 2017, played again in September of 2018, and tore his ACL after one game back at Rutgers, and then went another 14 months before getting on the field today. So uh, that's pretty astonishing to play one football game really you know part of one football game because he got hurt in that game part of one football game in two years step on the field in your first nfl game and hold your own uh you know that's pretty impressive for blessed austin and uh certainly a a debut that he's going to remember and uh was definitely a key part in getting the jets this win because it certainly did not look like nate harrison was going to be getting that job done if he had uh, stuck around in the lineup Let's talk about Jamal Adams, Matt, because a lot of Jets fans were upset at him after all that went down around the trade deadline and then against Miami last week. He played one of his worst games as a pro. This week completely bounced back. He was all over the place. He looked like the Pro Bowl or all-pro caliber safety that we all believe that he is. This has to be something that the Jets are happy about because it means that Jamal Adams, whether or not they revisit trade talks at the end of the season, 
is on board now here for the duration in terms of his head is in this game and he's ready to come out fired up and really give it a go because like I said last week it almost seemed like he was out of it like the fight had been taken out of him but that fight was back this week in a big way huge game like I said he stripped Daniel Jones for that seven points the seven points that ended up being the difference in the game this is the difference maker Jamal Adams that everybody believed he could be when they picked him at number six and the one that everybody said the Jets would be crazy to trade when the news broke that the Jets had listened to offers for him initially. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, unless I'm you know missing a game that it just isn't coming to mind. I mean, that had to be Jamal's best game as a Jet, right? I mean, that was a really, really impressive performance. Two strip sacks, one that he brings back for a touchdown. He gets a fourth down stop. Nine tackles. Uh, the dude was everywhere today, and uh, you know Jamal has a lot of games where he's flying around making plays on the ball. But uh, you know this was special, even by his standards. And uh, you know he was telling players uh, before the game. Some of the guys in the locker room told us this afterward. He was telling guys prior to the game Sunday, match my intensity. And uh, you know I think he certainly lived up to those words. He was you know basically telling guys that he was going to come out there with his hair on fire, and that they needed to keep up with him and. Uh, you know, he did a really good job of living up to those words of leadership. And, uh, you know, he was the most intense guy on the field. He was flying around. He, he couldn't be stopped. He absolutely torched Saquon Barkley a couple times on blitzes. Uh, you know, and Saquon Barkley, pretty darn good running back, normally pretty good in those situations. And he just got thrown aside. So uh, a really, really nice performance for Jamal Adams. And uh, like you said, I mean, we don't know yet whether or not uh, the Jets are kind of going to kind of revisit this thing once the season's over and maybe open it back up. But uh, Jamal said the other day that uh, earlier this week, he, Joe Douglas and Adam Gase talked and buried the hatchet and they all apologized to one another. Uh, and so at this point, it's pretty clear that Jamal Adams is uh, bought in. He's good to go for the rest of this season, which is definitely good news for the Jets. They've got enough problems on defense with those injuries at quarterback and linebacker. Like we've already mentioned that, you know, they, can't afford to have a, a guy as talented as Jamal Adams kind of, you know, checked out or uh, have his head elsewhere for the rest of this season. So, uh, you know, knowing you have him in the fold uh, and rare, raring to go for the second half of the season is uh, definitely a, a big bonus for the Jets. Jets are thin at linebacker and cornerback, but they have gotten consistently good play from both Jordan Jenkins at outside linebacker and Brian Poole at slot cornerback. I don't think anybody's going to confuse Jordan Jenkins for a Pro Bowl or an all-pro outside linebacker, but he has really developed into a solid player, the type of guy that if he's your number two edge rusher, you're in pretty good shape. And Brian Poole has done a lot better than most of us believed. Looking at what he did in Atlanta, he looked in a lot of ways like a younger version of Buster Screen, but he's easily been the best cornerback they've had. Obviously a low bar there, but still, he's done very well in the slot. So I would imagine at this point, Matt, that these guys are playing themselves perhaps into new contracts with the Jets because Jenkins is in the last year of his rookie deal and Brian Poole is on a one-year contract. Yeah, absolutely. Poole has been playing well, like you said. Uh, you know, he's just been consistent seemingly all season long. And uh, you beat me to the low bar comment there about the Jets' cornerbacks, but uh, he certainly has been the leader of that group as far as performances go. And uh, then circling back to Jenkins, there, uh, me and a couple of the other beat reporters were actually talking about this before the game. Jenkins, at this point, is in the you know in the discussion is one of Mike McCagan's best picks 
during his tenure as a Jets GM. And, you know, once again, a low, low bar to clear there. But, uh, you know, it's Jenkins, it's Adams, and it's Darnold, I suppose, at this point. I mean, that's more or less the entire crop that you've got to pick from when you're talking about the best picks by Mike McCagnin and the fact that he managed to find Jordan Jenkins in the third round, a guy that uh, is a pretty consistent performer at this point. You know, he'll pick up sacks, he'll make some big plays for you, uh, you know, get to the quarterback, create some havoc. Uh, he's been uh, a really big playmaker for this Jets team and certainly having him back the last few weeks after he's gotten back from that injury has helped this defense tremendously, especially given, uh, you know, all those other weak spots around the defense that we've already touched on. Two sacks today for Jenkins. I would say in terms of value, you'd have to say at this point that Jenkins was McCagnin's best pick. The other guys you mentioned were very high first rounders. The only other guy that could be in the discussion is Herndon, but I don't think we've seen enough from him yet. He only played a nice string of games last year. Need to see more consistency before we go out and say that he's the best pick that Mac made from a value standpoint. The problem, of course, is that Jordan Jenkins should be one of several guys that you got in the mid-rounds that became a contributor, and he also should just be one of the more low-key guys. If you're pointing to him as your best value guy, that shows that you weren't really doing a very good job of drafting over the course of five seasons. Let's talk about the defensive line now, Matt. Early on, they had a lot of trouble getting to Daniel Jones and getting in his face and pressuring him, but as the game wore on, they got stronger. We saw some surges. Nathan Shepard, of all people, Back in and doing really well today. Got his first sack. We saw Kyle Phillips getting some push. Foley Fadakasi once again, a beast in the running game. We saw Steve McClendon get in there for a sack late. And Quinnen Williams, while he didn't make a lot of impact plays early on, at the end, he did force that play that probably should have been ruled a fumble where he got to Daniel Jones deep in Giants territory. In fact, it was inside the Giants' five-yard line. Could have even made a case for intentional grounding if the ball hadn't been tipped because then you could say he may have been aiming it somewhere else. But that was a big play by Quinn and Williams. Talk to me about the performance of the defensive line. And as it pertains to Quinn and Williams, one thing that I thought was interesting, my buddy Luke Grant said he thinks that this might be a byproduct of that high ankle sprain. When John Schmillick, my friend who works for the Giants, came on the show in the lead up to this game earlier this week, he said that Saquon Barkley has not looked like the same player since coming back from that high ankle sprain. He hasn't looked as explosive. You saw that today. He had a play here and there, but he wasn't that explosive playmaker that we've seen for most of the time that he's been in the NFL. I wonder if it's possible that the residual effect of that high ankle sprain is part of what's weighing down Quentin Williams so far. But overall, this defensive line played pretty well, especially down the stretch, where in past games, Matt, is where they've been their weakest. Yeah, so I'm kind of touching on Quentin Williams there first. I mean, it's certainly possible that that ankle sprain is still weighing him down a little bit. The, the tricky part is we don't have a baseline with Quentin Williams like we do with Saquon Barkley, right? I mean, mm-hmm. we all saw what Saquon was able to do when he was healthy last year, and you know what that explosiveness looks like. We we got, what, uh, a game, game and a half of Quentin Williams before he wound up getting hurt. So, uh, unfortunately, we don't really have that frame of reference to know whether or not uh, he's kind of lost a step, lost some of that power, lost some of that explosiveness because of the injury. So uh, that's going to be one of those things that uh, kind of remains a mystery for a while, I'm sure, and you know, take until next year, even if this keeps lingering, before we kind of get a fuller sense of whether this is who he is or if 
you know, if injuries kind of really did play a part in this whole thing. But, uh, yeah, I mean, the, the defensive line for the Jets was really good today. Holding Saquon Barkley injured or not to one uh, rushing yard on 13 carries is pretty unbelievable. Literally, you know, uh, what is that, a couple inches per carry? That's absurd. Uh, so one of the best running backs in the league, you're, you're holding him to an insanely low average. And, uh, you know, that is – potentially you know i would probably argue that's the best position group that the jets have going for them but you mentioned a bunch of a bunch of the names there uh you've got quentin williams you've got kyle phillips you've got foley fatakasi uh henry and uh you know i could rattle off a handful of other names too but that's kind of the one spot on this team that still has some legitimate depth and you can kind of rotate pieces around and not be too concerned about the drop-offs uh you know that defensive line popped up pretty well today and and had a nice game against the Giants and uh that was particularly huge because like we said the the cornerbacks were struggling so uh you got to find some strength somewhere on the defense kind of try to balance that out and the defensive line did their job in that regard today on the other side of the line, the Jets' old friend Leonard Williams had a couple of nice plays. I know that he didn't get a sack, so you're not going to see that in the stat sheet. But he drew a big holding penalty that ended up leading to the Jets losing 10 yards and having to punt instead of continuing a drive. I joked on Twitter that I looked forward to a lot of beat writers turning that into another headline about how Leonard Williams has hidden production and is underwhelming. But I thought that he made a couple of nice plays today, even if he didn't show up on the stat sheet with sacks. That was a big one. And the Jet offensive line showed their shortcomings again. That was a big holding penalty against Alex Lewis. Alex Lewis has really started to fall off a little bit. The first few games, we got optimistic with him because he was playing well when the rest of the line was playing poorly the last couple of weeks he's regressed a little bit he's gotten a couple of penalties this was not a good day for the offensive line but it was still better than most days that they've had believe it or not yeah uh again one of those low bar kind of things that we keep circling back to around here but <laughs> uh you know a, a decent day for the offensive line the, the path protection was fine enough uh the issue of course the run game just still couldn't get anything going. Right. Le'Veon Bell, mm-hmm. uh, once again, kind of running headlong into brick walls today. So uh, they continue to kind of squander what he's able to provide when he's got, you know, at least a little bit of a crease. But, uh, yeah, so the, the offensive line, uh, you know, give him credit a little bit better than usual today, but still probably not good enough for uh, what the Jets would like. Uh, and, and kind of going back across to Leonard Williams there, uh, yeah, I mean, he did – Certainly, you know, pop up now and again and make some of those plays that were impactful, but once again, didn't hit the box score. And, uh, you know, you, you touched on this, but boy, is that just the story of Leonard Williams' career or what? And, uh, you know, I, I do think sometimes he gets uh, slammed maybe a bit more than he's deserving. He, he's a very good player. He's just not a great player. Uh, you know, he's certainly a, a well above average player. He just never lived up to those. Uh, the hype that comes with being such a high round pick or a high first round pick there. So, um, you know, good luck to him with the Giants. He was always a, you know, a great guy to deal with uh, in the Jets locker room. So certainly wish him the best. But, uh, you know, the sacks still aren't coming for Leonard Williams. But uh, like you said, he, he is at least making his presence felt for them in some other ways. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. 
Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Big day for Jamison Crowder. He had five catches for about 85 yards. He had that touchdown as well. It was also nice to see Donald connect with Christopher Herndon on a big pass, even though that was the play I was just referencing that got called back on a holding penalty. It's good to see that there's that chemistry there, even if they didn't really get it going today. Robbie Anderson, a bit of a quiet day, but he did draw that big penalty in the end zone that led to a score. Trevon Wesco, this is kind of interesting, Matt. He now has a first down every single time he's touched the ball in his young NFL career. Granted, small sample size, but still found it kind of interesting. I didn't think this was exactly the type of performance that the Jets got from their skill position players against Dallas, but overall they did a pretty good job. Not amazing, but anytime you can put 27 points on the board on offense, it's not bad. Yeah, for sure. And Crowder and Demarius Thomas, like you said, were kind of the two big guys, uh, both over 80 yards. Crowder and Darnold continue to have that connection. Uh, Herndon, I think it was only 16 snaps, if I remember correctly, that he played today. So uh, obviously still limited a bit uh, with that hamstring. So just kind of working his way back into the fold. But I'm sure uh, just having him back in some capacity was helpful for the Jets. Just, uh, you know, another big body target for Sam Darnold. Some blocking help as well. So, uh, you know, you got to expect that he's just going to get better as time goes along and he's able to pick up some more snaps going forward here. But, uh, yeah, definitely good to see Trayvon Wesco pop up and do some stuff right. I mean, to, to this point in the year, he hadn't really done much. And uh, early in the season, it was looking like a bit of an indictment of that pick that the Jets were trotting Jonathan Harrison and other guys out at fullback when they've got Trayvon Wesco, who literally played fullback at West Virginia, uh, on the roster and weren't using him. So, uh, the fact that they're starting to throw him in there and, you know, let him catch some passes, let him run the ball a little bit, uh, you know, kind of be a, a big body that can do it in the short yardage situations uh, is certainly good. Might as well make use of that tool since you have it. And uh, like you said, he came up big and got the job done every time he was called upon today. So, uh, you know, good on the rookie for, for doing that and uh, coming up big when the Jets needed him. One thing that I thought was interesting is that the last couple of weeks, the Jets have been able to score on the opening drive. They did it against Jacksonville. They did it against Miami. They did it again today against the Giants. But what happened against Miami and Jacksonville is that after that, the offense went cold as the opposing defense began to adjust to what the Jets were doing offensively. It looked like we were heading down that same road as the Jets struggled down the stretch of the first half. But then as things picked up in the second half, they started to get it together 
year again. That's a nice sign for this Gase offense because while I think that there were a lot of questionable calls, one that comes to mind right off the bat was the flea flicker being followed by a three-yard loss on an inside run, and we could go through a bunch of those. I thought there were some sketchy play calls by Gase for sure, but I like the fact that as the game wore on in the second half, the Jets were able to put some points on the board, and they weren't only relying on the points that they had scored very early on. Yeah, for sure. You finally kind of saw some semblance of in-game adjustment, even if it maybe took a little longer than you'd like. But uh, the Jets, you know, come out and get touchdowns on those first two drives. And like you said, three games in a row now, they've done that on the first drive, which is bizarre considering this team went 30 games without an opening drive touchdown. And then as soon as they snap the streak, they wind up rattling off three games in a row where they score on the opening drive. So, uh, you know, weird statistical anomaly there. But uh, the fact that the last couple of weeks they've scored on the opening drive and then done nothing, you know, t- today, four straight drives after the, uh, you know, two touchdowns to start, they didn't put up any points, but finally get things going and then score on three straight drives. So um, maybe you'd like to see a little bit more consistency and a little less streakiness from the Jets, but uh, at least it is some sign of progress that, you know, they didn't just go ice cold after the first quarter and never really come back to life. They were able to move the ball again and, and started picking things up later in the game when they really needed to. So, uh, you know, hopefully if you're a Jets fan, that is, uh, you know, getting things moving in the right direction and uh, going to help this team moving forward when, you know, they can actually start putting four full quarters together as opposed to kind of fits and starts. Once again, a rough day for the Jets running game. You made reference to this. Le'Veon Bell didn't do a ton. I know he did get that touchdown, but this was not a big day for him. They tried Bilal Powell a little bit. He wasn't able to do much either. A lot of this is a product of the offensive line, but I do wonder, Matt, if the Jets should try to get a little creative here. We did see Baltimore think outside the box a little bit today as they brought in RG3 on an option play with Lamar Jackson, thinking maybe the Jets could get a little frisky like that, try an option to Le'Veon Bell, try an option to Bilal Powell, mix it up a little bit, do whatever they have to do, because so far it's just been impossible for them to get anything going on the ground. And obviously Sam Darnold is the number one most important guy in the offense, and the passing game in this day and age is what's going to make everything cook more than anything else. But you're going to need a ground game to balance things out because Darnold isn't Aaron Rodgers just yet. So if you're going to ask him to completely carry the team, it's going to be rough sledding at times, as we've seen. Yeah, for sure. And kind of along those lines, I really liked the fact that uh, I think it was for the first touchdown, if I remember right, the Jets kind of went to the read option there and Sam Darnold runs it in. So mm-hmm. uh, that's something that the Jets kind of, uh, they, they intimated early in the year here over the summer that we were probably going to see a decent amount of read option from Bell and Sam Darnold. And we really haven't through what, 10 weeks here now. And uh, you know, maybe some of that is Darnold being uh, in and out of the lineup and, but you know, he's played six games now and we haven't really seen much of that read option, but it worked pretty well on that play. And, uh, maybe that's another way that the Jets can kind of get things going on the run game, uh, you know, throw another wrinkle in there. But uh, certainly, you know, they could stand to get a bit more creative on the run game instead of just handing it to Le'Veon Bell and letting him run into a brick wall up front. So uh, might as well give something a shot, try to get a little funky and, and see if you can shake him loose that way. Because uh, like you said, what they're doing right now is not working for Le'Veon Bell. And, you know, if that guy is getting two yards of carry, which is roughly what he had today, uh, you know, you're, you're wasting his talent 
to put it bluntly. So uh, they have to find a way to kind of start using him more efficiently in the run game. And, and, you know, they could probably stand to do a better job getting him in the pass game too. I mean, he had four grabs today. I think it was 34 yards, but uh, you know, it was, I think in late in the third quarter, he still only had one catch. Uh, so I think Adam Gase could probably stand to go to him a little bit more frequently in the past game. Uh, they did one run, one screen play that I, I recall pretty vividly. But, uh, you know, why not use some of that some more, especially when you know that the running game isn't working? You know, get the ball into one of your best playmakers' hands in space, however you can. Uh, so that's, you know, one of those things that Adam Gase, I think, has to work on and, you know, probably should have already figured out by now. But, uh, you know, it seems like maybe he's starting a little bit to, to get to that point, but still some work to do on that front. Matt, the two biggest surprises to me in this game didn't actually have anything to do with the players. The first is I thought for sure we were going to at some point hear a loud fire gaze chant. Unless I missed it, I didn't hear it. Now, to be fair, at least half the crowd, probably more, was Giants fans, but still, I didn't hear any chanting for the firing of either of the two coaches. Maybe that just speaks to the competitive nature of the game because the game had more points than people expected and it was more competitive than a lot of people expected. So people were too busy and wrapped up in who might win this game to start chanting to fire the coach. The other thing is Dowell Loggins. What was up with that challenge flag? Dowell Loggins is the official red flag guy now for the Jets? Yeah, don't know what the deal is with that. And uh, I missed that when the flag got thrown, but saw it in my Twitter mentions. And, uh, you know, I was talking to some of the other reporters. We didn't ask Adam Gase about it in the post game press conference. Didn't really think uh, that was one of the most pressing topics given, you know, the limited time we get with him after a game. But certainly something we're going to have to ask him either on Monday or Wednesday when we see him and get a chance to talk to him because. That was strange. I certainly didn't expect to see Dowell Loggins be the guy with the flag and be the one to pull the trigger on those challenges. So uh, I'm curious to find out what the deal is there, whether that's uh, standard practice, whether Dowell Loggins was, you know, just had it in his pocket today, what what the deal was there, because that threw me for a loop for a little bit, for sure. I have to hand it to your buddy, Connor Hughes. He had a funny line on Twitter. He said, As far as head coaches, Adam Gase has obviously been maligned quite a bit, but Pat Shermer and his offense only managed two first downs against the secondary that had Blessing Austin and Arthur Millette as the starters at the point in time that we're talking about because once those two were in, there were two first downs the rest of the way from the Giant offense. That's pretty embarrassing, isn't it? Uh, It's not good, Um, (laughs) but that also is, uh, you know, it's it's certainly good for Greg Williams and it's uh, says something about him and the way that the defense was able to adjust, especially once Wes Austin got in that game and, you know, Nate Hairston who continued to, to blow coverages and, you know, he slipped on the touchdown. It looks like, but you know, it didn't exactly look like he had the technique down even before he slipped. Um, you know, Nate Harrison was having a nightmare game. And as soon as they got him out there and got Wes Austin in there, their fortunes changed pretty dramatically. So, uh, you know, it also credits to the Jets staff for, having faith in Bless Austin enough to, to pull the plug on a guy that had been relatively good for this Jets defense to this point in the season. And they saw that he didn't have it today and they decided to pull Harrison off the field and throw a guy in there making his NFL debut. And it, it you know, that, that takes some, some guts, some stones and it wound up working out for him. So, uh, you know, good on the, the Jets defensive coaching staff kind of playing with things, not being afraid to make some adjustments uh, and get into the Giants offense in that way. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? 
Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Play like a jet. Play like a jet. Let's go inside the locker room, Matt. We will start with Coach Gase. We know you didn't ask him about the strange situation of Dowell Loggins throwing the challenge flag and apparently being in charge of that aspect of the Jets game. What did Adam Gase have to say, though, when you questioned him in the locker room after the game? Yeah, so obviously uh, Gase a little bit more upbeat than he has been in the last few weeks, as you would expect. Um, But mostly he was just complimentary about Sam Darnold, uh, you know, talking a lot about how he felt like Darnold was just kind of in control and, and calm and had a, a little bit of a uh, presence about him, just controlling the line of scrimmage, controlling the huddle, uh, kind of a, you know the next logical step from what Gase was telling us this week when he was saying that Darnold in practice recently has kind of had a bit more command of this offense, a little bit more ownership of this entire thing. And, uh, you know, Gase seems to think that, Darnold is kind of reaching the point where he's taking the reins of this thing and really, uh, you know, feels a lot more comfortable, uh, a little bit more assertive as well. Darnold kind of echoed that throughout the week as well. Uh, and, you know, they thought that it showed today against the Giants. So uh, Darnold spoke to that effect as well, uh, you know, just saying that he did indeed feel a lot more comfortable, um, that he thought that this was a reflection of, that process, him just kind of learning things a little bit more and that he was uh, you know, willing to be a bit more assertive in the huddle, which is something that Le'Veon Bell had actually brought up with us first, saying that uh, you know, he, Bell was quiet in the huddle today, didn't do much talking because Sam seemed like he kind of had it on lockdown and was you know, focused in on that regard today. So you know, if you're a Jets fan, it's got to be good to hear that your franchise quarterback is kind of taking that leadership role again and uh, running with it and you know maybe you would have liked to have seen it a little earlier this season but uh, you know who knows maybe he just needed a few games uh, in this new system to kind of start getting his feet wet and feeling a little bit more comfortable a little bit more confident moving forward here so uh, that seemed to be one of the big themes in the Jets locker room the other one obviously the defensive guys all raving about Jordan, or Jamal Adams Jordan Jenkins was uh, you know really complimentary of Jamal. He was joking around saying that, uh, you know, Jamal might talk a lot and I might not like his school. Obviously the the SEC rivalry between those two guys with Adams being an LSU guy, Jenkins, a Georgia guy, you know, Jenkins was saying he he might talk a lot. I might not like his school, but damn, if you're going to do that, I can get behind it. So, uh, (laughs) you know, Jenkins uh, always a funny guy and pretty affable guy. And he was cutting it up after the win too. And uh, Brandon Copeland, uh, said that that play Jamal Adams made just, you know, ripping the ball out of Daniel Jones's hands was special. He said, you know, basically the only kind of guy he's really ever seen do that before was Von Miller. So 
to see a safety do that is something, something special. And so, you know, he was obviously hyped up about what Jamal Adams had offered as well. So, um, uh, you know, a nice upbeat locker room for a change. And, uh, you know, that's always nice on a Sunday evening when, uh, you know, you're, you're kind of used to doldrums after a few weeks to get in there and talk to some happy people after a while is always a nice change of pace. What do we know about injuries, Matt? At one point, Robbie Anderson went down. At one point, Brian Winters went down. Dr. Stoller texted me to say that he has a suspicion that Winters may have separated his shoulder. We don't know that for a fact. Again, he's just speculating based on his own medical expertise. Without examining Winters, we don't know what's going on exactly. Do we have any word about those two or anything else involving the injuries with the players on the team? Yeah, so Winters is going to get an MRI on Monday, uh, so we'll get we should get an update tomorrow afternoon when we get Adam Gase on a conference call. So you know, keep an eye out for that. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, for what it's worth, I forgot to mention this earlier. He uh, came out of the game late there just because he was uh, a bit sore. His ribs, I suppose, uh, his ribs, from what he was saying, were a little bit sore, but. Uh, he said he's fine moving forward, won't affect him in any way. Uh, the Jets just decided to toss Bilal Powell in there for you know a few snaps just to, to kind of spare Le'Veon Bell once the game was more or less in hand and they just needed to eat up some clock and some yards. So uh, that's a little bit of why Powell was in the game late there. Um, but other than that, no uh, real injuries. Robbie Anderson didn't come up in the post game, So... Uh, you know, the assumption being that he is okay and should be fine moving forward. So uh, unless we hear otherwise on Monday when, you know, Gase kind of gets into the building and gets another evaluation of where guys are at physically. But for right now, Brian Winters looks like the, uh, the only real injury coming out of this one. Should say, too, that if you bet the over on this game, that might have been the best bet of the weekend because these teams smashed it by scoring much more points than anybody imagined. 61 overall. Not a bad showing for the two respective offenses. Hope you were able to get your bet in on the Jets, Giants, and the over before the game got going over at mybookie.ag. And if you did, then you know that when you signed up, you got yourself a 50% match on your first deposit all the way up to 1000 bucks. So the max is 2000 bucks, and they'll match you 1000 Everything below that, they will match 50% of your first deposit. You can bet on over-unders like in the Giant game. You can also bet on the over-unders on the Jets' next game against the Washington Redskins. You can bet on all kinds of props, whether or not Le'Veon Bell is going to finally go over 100 yards, if Sam Darnold is going to throw more touchdown passes than Dwayne Haskins, whether or not the Jets are going to have a starting cornerback next week that anybody's ever heard of. I'm guessing there's a good chance that that won't be the case. Plus, you can bet on the game and all the rest of the games around the league as well over at mybookie.ag. Remember, you get 50% of your first deposit matched up to 1000 bucks when you sign up using the promo code OVERTIME. So sign up right now, use the promo code OVERTIME, and take advantage of that great deal while it lasts. mybookie.ag, you play, you win, and you get paid. And if you're going to be betting on this upcoming matchup between the Jets and the Redskins, you may want to be there because unlike Jacksonville and Miami, the Redskins are within driving distance. It's the D.C. area. Technically, it's Maryland. But you can drive out there and have yourself a really nice weekend built around the game if you want. As somebody that used to live in the D.C. area, I can tell you there are always plenty of things to do in D.C. And you give a really fun weekend, not only at the Jets and Redskins game, but 
going to concerts, going to theaters, going to a comedy show. And if you're going to buy tickets to any of those things, you should do it over at Vivid Seats because when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and enter the promo code overtime, you get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. That purchase could be Jets Redskins tickets or it could be anything else. We're getting into Thanksgiving and Christmas season, so there are all kinds of great shows going on. The Radio City Christmas Spectacular is coming to town here in New York, so that might be something that you want tickets to. Anything you want, you can use that discount when you download the Vivid Seats mobile app and use the promo code OVERTIME. You'll get up to 100 bucks off on your very first purchase. So Matt, to sum up the Jets' performance against the Giants in this game, a nice day for Darnold, an improvement overall for the Jets. Jamal Adams, the star of the game on defense. The Jets were able to close this one out strong and get the victory. The downside here is if you're somebody that was rooting for the Jets to get draft position because you want one of the offensive tackles, Thomas or Werfs, or you want Chase Young, this takes them backwards a little bit in that regard. And obviously, if you're somebody that wants the Jets to get embarrassed so that Gase will get fired, this won't help your cause either. But I think we can all agree that regardless of how you feel about Gase and regardless of whether or not you want the Jets to lose out so they can get better draft picks, everybody is going to be on board with Sam Darnold playing well because if Sam Darnold doesn't play well, it creates a much bigger problem than anything else that we could possibly talk about. Whether that's Gase, whether that's draft picks, or anything else, if Sam Darnold isn't good, then the Jets are in a whole world of hurt. So the fact that he played well today is the big storyline and the big positive that Jets fans should take out of this. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Like you said, I mean... There's plenty of uh, bittersweet to go around, I suppose, if you're one of those Jets fans that was rooting for some losses just to, to kind of get your way in that regard. But uh, like you said, I mean, you, you want to see the franchise quarterback be a franchise quarterback, right? So uh, this was certainly a step forward in that regard for Sam Darnold. So, uh, And I'll have more on that as well Monday morning over at NJ.com slash Jets. So uh, be sure to head over there and, and check that out, uh, kind of a, a little bit more of a look at Sam Darnold and why some of the players and coaches on the Jets kind of think he may be turning the corner here. So uh, that and some more to come Monday morning on this game. Speaking of which, Matt, what else is up right now and what else are you going to have up? Because your material at NJ.com slash Jets is always top notch. We know that. Daryl Slater chips in a little bit as well, our old buddy. He has some Jets content in addition to his general NFL stuff and the Eagles and Giants stuff that he writes. What do you got going on at NJ.com slash Jets in addition to what you just mentioned? Yeah, so I had a couple things right after the game. Uh, look at kind of the, the studs and duds, the top and uh, the best and worst performers from that game. That went up right at the gun, so uh, that's been up for a little while. Feel free to check that out. Also, uh, look after the game of about some of the Jets players, believe it or not, talking about their playoff hopes and how that is still a big motivator for them. Uh, you know, I'll leave it up to everyone else to decide whether or not that's. Uh, optimistic and confident or just completely delusional. So that's that's for everyone else to decide. Uh, and then going up Monday morning, like I said, have that story on Sam Darnold. Also have kind of a, a deeper dive into Adam Gase and his uh, coaching performance on Sunday, uh, given the fact that he's been under the microscope the last few weeks, seemed only right to kind of grade his performance and, you know, do a little report card on Adam Gase. So uh, did that and also, you know, a story on Bless Austin as well. Uh, Rutgers guy, local guy, figured it was worth uh, taking a minute to, you know, shed some light on his uh, debut, what he made of it, and, uh, you know, how he kind of sees himself move 
uh, moving forward. So uh, all of that coming on Monday and then uh, obviously plenty more throughout the week as we get ready for the Redskins next week as well. Speaking of the Redskins, Matt, that's next up on the docket for you, a trip to D.C. I used to live in the D.C. area, so maybe if you're nice to me, I'll shoot you a text later in the week and give you some tips on some good places to go for food. Uh, Works for me. I'm a big fan of eating on the road, so (laughs) I will always gladly take recommendations. I know uh, we were in D.C. last summer for preseason game, had some nice meals. Andy Vasquez from the Bergen Record. Uh, spent some time in DC in college as well. So he's been a good tour guide around there. You know, we've got, we've got a few spots that, that I know we already want to hit, but I'm sure we could use some more. So I certainly won't turn them down. I'll say this right off the bat. Do not under any circumstances go to a pizza place in the DC area. Yeah. Don't worry, man. I, I generally try to steer <laughs> clear of pizza outside of New York city area. Um, you know, made the mistake of having pizza in Boston this year when we were there in September. Um, granted that pizza was, we'll just say it was a late night trip and, you know, probably not something that I would have done under, uh, normal circumstances had I not spent the previous 12 or so hours at a fine establishment, but, uh, yeah, not good pizza, really, really, really bad. So I'm going to try to stick to the New Jersey, New York pizza when I can. You're a smart man, Matt. That is the way to go. The only other place that you would want to get pizza, I guess New Haven, you can make a case for that. And also Chicago, if you like the deep dish. But my theory on that is it's good for what it is, but it's not actually pizza. It's just a pie casserole. So I don't even put it in the same category as the pizza that you get in New York and New Jersey because it's not really pizza. Yeah, I'm 100% with you there. I enjoyed it when I was in Chicago. The first time in Chicago last year when the Jets played the Bears ate way too much of it but yeah certainly not pizza so uh and also i went to school in connecticut uh so i've had my share of new haven pizza and i will continue to tell my college friends till i die that new jersey pizza is infinitely better than new haven pizza you're not supposed to burn the crust so that's what i'll say about new haven pizza i'm gonna stick to new jersey and new york pizza when i can 100 percent. this is how it goes new york number one new jersey number two new haven number three everything else is 999 and below yeah, 100. Yeah, it's very accurate. Well put. <laughs> Matt Stipikowski of NJ.com. Thanks so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. We will talk again next Sunday after the Jets and Redskins do battle in D.C. Well, technically, it's actually Maryland, but you get the idea. They're a D.C. team. It's kind of like saying that you're coming into New York to face the Jets, even though they're technically in New Jersey. You all know what's meant by that. Go ahead and read Matt's work over at NJ.com slash Jets. Follow him on Twitter at M underscore Stipulkowski, S-T-Y-P-U-L-K-O-S-K-I. And for the latest and greatest in New York Jets podcast, you know where to go. That's Turn on the Jets Digital and TurnOnTheJets.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions. Supply.